0: Welcome to the Consciously Inspired Minds Podcast, where we ditch the default and live life by design. I'm your host, Brandi White, personal growth enthusiast, entrepreneur, and lifestyle coach. I host conversations with creators, entrepreneurs, healers, and educators committed to living a life of truth, intention, and connection. Understanding how to evoke their higher nature, our guests take us on a journey of what it means to embody a life of conscious inspiration, joy, impact, and service. Get ready to be inspired. Welcome to Consciously Inspired Minds. I have an amazing guest for you today. Her name is Katie Viancourt Brocamp, and Katie is an Ayurvedic practitioner and Ayurvedic postpartum doula. Katie, hello. Welcome. Hello. It's so
1: good to be here today.
0: So good to have you on. I was so excited to have Katie on today because I have this huge curiosity around Ayurveda. A friend of mine introduced me to Ayurveda probably about a year and a half ago, and I hopped on this Ayurveda webinar, and it blew my mind. And I have not had the time or capacity to integrate this practice into my learnings yet, but I know it's coming, and I think that this is probably one of the first steps to getting me more familiar with Ayurveda. Of course, I buy the books and I walk into Whole Foods and get all the the tools and resources, right? But to be able to really integrate the Ayurvedic practices into my life, I have not yet done. I kind of dabble, right? But I'm really here. To learn. And I would love our listeners to learn more about what it is you do, what is Ayurveda, and how it can bring more health and balance into our lives. All right. So I'm going to introduce Katie. Her holistic health journey started in 2015 when she joined her foundational yoga teacher training. Something she was doing for fun turned into a passion and ended up going down the rabbit hole of all things health and wellness. She went from exploring yoga to obtaining certifications and degrees in Reiki, Thai yoga massage, meditation, Ayurveda, and more. Her passion and focus is women's health and postpartum support through Ayurveda, yoga, and frequency. So Katie, it's it's a
1: pleasure to have you on today. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really happy and excited to be here and just to share a little bit more about RU Theta and how it can help support you in your health and wellness routine. Amazing, amazing. So
0: I like to kick off, as you know, with a little bit about your childhood and how there might be a connection there relative to where you are now. So if you could tell our listeners a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's funny because I don't... <sighs> My childhood is so different from where I'm at right now. And I, uh, I'm trying to figure out how it has correlated with what I do. So I grew up in Northeast Ohio. So go Browns. I'm a, I'm a Browns fan in a Bengals city. <laughs> I had a really great childhood for all intents and purposes. Grew up in suburbia. We moved to Philadelphia for a little bit while I was in grade school and then moved back to Northeast Ohio. So yeah, I mean, I was always just kind of an outgoing kid both my parents were in sales so my dad would take me to trade shows with him from a young age so just always being around people but it's interesting because there's not a whole lot of how i grew up that really weaves into into what i do right now i'm kind of the black sheep of the family i would say mm-hmm. okay <laughs> but in but in a good way yeah. everyone's always kind of curious about what it is that i'm doing and
0: Oh yeah, that sounds really cool. But have you always thought of yourself as the black sheep of the family, or is that a more recent label?
1: Uh, probably, I would say more recent, just because I have kind of gotten away from the mainstream. What it is that we're supposed to do or what we should do, mm-hmm. especially with the traditional medical paradigm. You know, my parents are very allopathic, and I'm very holistic. I told them when when we have a kid that I want to have a midwife, I want to have a home birth, and that just completely just shocked shocked the hell out of them. <laughs> Honestly, so, right? Um, my mom was actually in pharmaceutical sales for a really long time. Yeah, so it's it is. I would say when I was in high school, I was always fascinated with kind of. I would, I guess, spirituality. I got really into spirituality. I was intro... How so? Just... I would always go to the New Age book section of Borders. (laughs) I don't know if you guys remember Borders from when (laughs) that was around. So, yeah, I would always kind of be, like, fascinated with, like, connecting with your spirit guides or the palm reading astral travel was one of them. I never like ended up doing any of it, but I was just like super curious about it. It was like, oh, this is, this is interesting. Just the whole like spirituality aspect of it and was introduced to yoga through means of Pilates in high school too. So there was an introduction to that in my later childhood, I guess, going into my teens. But yeah, I mean, it was nothing that my parents were ever really into. They kind of just thought, you know, I'm from a Catholic family. And it's funny, because with Catholics, I feel like either people get like really like freaked out about what I do being a yoga teacher They're telling me that I'm that I'm doing the devil's work or people are like, oh, yeah, that's great. It's so such a wonderful practice. And my parents are just kind of the people that they just don't like astrology. They just don't really believe in it. So they just don't care. They're like, oh, whatever.
0: Would you say that they support you in your endeavors right now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. They're they actually helped me out with my foundational training when I when I wanted to get into yoga back in 2015. So, they've always been super supportive about what I do and I'll come home, I'll do some Tai yoga on them. I'll run frequency on them. Pull oracle cards for them. They're they're into it. They're just kind of like, you know, they they take it more like a grain of salt, I would say, but yeah, it is interesting going into my childhood. There's nothing really about how I was raised that would indicate that I would be into what I'm doing right now because my parents goal for me was you know to graduate from college you know get a get a good job and you know start a family that kind of thing and when I quit corporate to go teach yoga full time it was a big you know they were really supportive about it but they were also just they didn't understand because it's again it's breaking that breaking that pattern and the I guess programming that we're taught from such a young age of this is what you're supposed to do with your life this is how society wants you to be so this is what you should be doing and for me to kind of take that and go away from it you know it was you know I think a little bit of a hard pill to swallow at first but again always super supportive about what I've done and you know they see what I'm doing and how holistic health now is becoming more and more popular and I I think that they really understand why I made the decision that I I made now.
0: I can relate
1: so much to what you just said
0: because being in the work that we're in, Katie, I look back at my childhood too and there's there's no evidence <laughs> that I would be doing what I'm doing today. None at all. And but that's just like the inspiration piece of it. It's something that grabs hold of you. Mm -hmm. and just leads you on this path. And if you listen to it, how it just really starts to pull you in further and further, and how you just grow this deep desire to learn more about it and really integrate it into your life in a unique way. And you also mentioned in a very unconventional way, right? Mm -hmm. To your point around we are programmed to get a good job because I have a similar background in, in corporate, get a good job and do the do the house, do the cars, the kids, the husband, whatever. And when you start to, to go down a different road, less traveled, it's scary, right? It can it's be terrifying. really scary. Fucking terrifying. Tell me about that. Tell me how you were feeling coming from, let's just call it, and, you know, a traditional upbringing, right? Into this world of, we'll call it woo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. So, what what was going through your mind, your body, as you started to make these changes? Take us back to that time of being in corporate. If you could take us back there, and then into your pathway and how you were feeling.
1: Yeah. So, one thing I really, I kind of want to circle back to really quick, actually, and it'll mm-hmm. tie into what I'm saying right now, actually. I'll start with corporate thing and then I'll go back to this because it all weaves in together. Because it's it's nothing that I physically or mentally did would indicate where I'm at right now, but it has to do with astrology and something that my dad said. So I'll, it'll it'll weave into what I'm about to say. <laughs> Beautiful. Let's so do it. Ba- back in um, 2018, so I, I I moved to Cincinnati back in 2014 the end of the year, right right around the beginning of 2015 for a job in recruiting at a for-profit education college. And, you know, I thought I was really going to love it because I grew up in that kind of sales mentality. I love customer service. I love to be around people. I love to be of service to other people, especially when it's Mm. something that I'm passionate about. And if I can share something that I know is going to help you, I'm probably overly excited about it. And it probably annoys people to some degree. (laughs) So I thought I was going to be really just amped for this job. And then I just started to realize I'm behind a desk all day. This sucks. I really don't like it. (laughs) I like being around people. I like talking to people. And then the company actually ended up closing. I don't know if you guys know anything about for-profit education, but apparently it doesn't have a good reputation. And I, I didn't really know about that. So I had been in Cincinnati for five months and the company closed down. So then I ended up going into a similar role with another college a few months later. And, you know, I just thought it was going to be, for some reason, I just thought it was going to be better. And I'm like, this is just not what I want to do. So I have my, my bachelor's degree in political science with a certification in paralegal studies. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll do something in more ad- administrative work, utilizing my, paral- my paralegal degree. So I went into sales support, and just totally realized it's not, that's definitely not for me. It's super attention to detail. And I thought my attention to detail was pretty decent, but it just was not at all. <laughs> and I was at this job for two years and was just constantly like, my boss was just absolutely horrible. She was just so I don't even know how to explain it, but she just really broke my spirit when I was there. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a sales job that had opened up in the company. And I thought, well, this maybe is where I should be because I'm good with people. I'm really not just good be- being back behind the scenes. And she basically just told me, why would why would I support you in this when you basically suck at your job right now? That kind of thing. Wow, And so, yeah, so it was just very, I know I was not, like I did, I did okay. I didn't, I wasn't constantly messing things up, but for her timeline and she wanted things done a certain way that I just, my brain doesn't work like that. So, and and that's okay. It just wasn't the right position for me. And I realized that. So I had been teaching yoga on the side at that point for about, I'd say like two, two and a half years and finished up my Thai yoga certification and was starting to take Tayoga clients and had an opportunity to go to India for a month in 2019 for a teacher training. And I was like, well, how can I do this if I'm here? I would really love to actually start teaching more and trying to grow my Tioga business. And so I was like, all right, I, I really didn't want to get back into hospitality because if you've worked in hospitality or anyone who's listening to it, it's wonderful money. It's quick money, but it's hard work. And it's Most of the time, I'd say like 90% of the time, just a super toxic environment. Everyone is just pissed off all the time. Lots of partying, lots of drugs, just stuff like that. And so I was really reluctant. Do I want to go back to this route? But I knew if I wanted to go teach yoga full time and start to, and start to get more Thai clients, I needed to get out of corporate because it's just, it didn't work with that kind of schedule. So I, I did get a job in hospitality and. I had this big plan. I was like, all right, I'm going to teach yoga these days and then I'll work at the restaurant these days and it'll be perfect. Well, right around that time, and I was, I I had just quit. I had just put my notice into the um, sales support role that I was in. The, this outside sales position job came up, which is what I had previously been looking for. In the pet industry, which my dad's in the pet industry and the recruiter that called me and I spoke with a year ago was, you know, usually we work with people at your dad's caliber, higher up in the company, not really entry or mid-level positions. And so I have this big plan and I'm going to, you know, go serve part-time, teach yoga. And then this really amazing opportunity for this outside sales role came into place with this Canadian pet owned company. And they were, they flew me out to Chicago. I interviewed, I got the job and it was honestly like a really amazing opportunity. And I remember sitting down and doing the decision analysis with my dad. Basically, it just takes all the emotion out of, you know, making what is the most logical decision and, Mm. you know, you and I do what we do. I think we are more heart centered and follow our emotions a little bit more. And so for me, sure. the decision analysis, I was like, it makes sense, but also no, <laughs> and it it, it so really was the
0: decision analysis. Your dad's idea, I take it. Yeah, he does it okay. with a lot of He's like more of an analytical left yeah. brain. Yeah, sure. and, it,
1: and it makes sense. Just yeah. you know, trying to take what what is the best decision. And financially, it probably would have been a really it would have been a great decision. Um, but the decision analysis was 50-50 down the middle. I think it was one or two points higher on the on the corporate side. And so I sat with it and I said, you know what? I said, I really, oh, I'd also gotten into the master's program at Maharishi International University for my Ayurveda. And that was online. So it would have been okay to do with this job anyway. But I just said, you know what? I think this is, this is just not I said, corporate's always going to be there. I think this company is great. And I know I would do really well in this position because I know the industry from just growing up around it. And, you know, I felt really comfortable with them. And it was actually that ego boost that I needed after being berated so much at my previous sure. job. So it did feel really good to have that, to have that win. But I remember when I told my parents, I was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to stick with this job in hospitality <laughs> and go back to serving and, you know, and and teach yoga. And, you know, both my parents, they grew up with very humble beginnings, you know, blue collar families did not really, my my mom, she slept in a double-sized bed with her two sisters until her older sister went to college. So, I mean, she, you know, did not really grow up with a lot. My dad, you know, my grandma knew how to pinch a penny pretty well. So they were, you know, typical like Irish Catholic family, you know, living in the city of Cleveland. they They had I don't want to say a little bit more, but once your milk's out for the week, you get powdered milk. That's kind of how it was. So both my parents came from very humble beginnings and have worked worked very, very hard to get where they're at. And so I think for them, it was hard because they didn't want, they worked really hard. So my brother and I had very nice things and I don't think they wanted to see me struggle like they did.
0: And it sounds like maybe just a matter of values at the time. Right. Where, are the, where, where are their values and where are your values at the time? And they just weren't in alignment. It doesn't make it right or wrong. They were just different.
1: Right. So it was funny. I mean, like, my, I think my mom was a little bit more disappointed than my dad was initially. Like, my, my dad and I are very similar. So, like, I think he he understood a little bit more, but he was still kind of like, I I just can't believe you're doing it. But you know, like hindsight now, they're like they're like we're really proud of you and we're really happy. But yeah, it was <laughs> it th- at that point it was it was really really scary. So fast forward to this was in June of 2018, and, and then January 2019, I went to India, and my mom and dad drove down from Cleveland to Cincinnati to help me get ready for my trip because I was going to be gone for a month. And I remember my dad was in my kitchen, and he goes. He's just snacking around, just kind of being goofy. And he goes, you know, what's just really crazy is, you know, back when I worked at Smuckers, he had a secretary that was super into astrology. And her birthday and her husband's birthday were the same days as mine and my dad's. But, you know, they're different years, different times of the day that were born. And if you're into astrology you and I could be born on the same day. But if we're born at different times, different locations and different years, our chart could be completely different. Mm-hmm. We could both be Sagittarius, but we are going to have a lot of other placements um, in our chart that are going to express what it is that we kind of, you know, our tendencies and what we like are leaning towards doing in our life. So my okay. dad's just kind of walking around the kitchen and just chatting around like, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, it's so crazy because, you know, you were so attached to your, to your mom and I's hip when you were a kid. And he's like, now here you are going to India. And he goes, and he's like, I'm just thinking about this astrology reading because my dad doesn't believe in any of that. He's just, yeah, it's it's cool, but whatever. And he's like, it's really interesting. I remember whatever her name was saying, that one of these days you were going to be a world traveler or something like really? that. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. He's like, yeah. So that was the astrology thing I was kind of going back to with childhood. And, you know, I wasn't like them as a kid, but as I got older, I'm just, I love to be at home, but I also love to explore. Yeah, And so, so yeah, it was, it was a scary, it was a scary leap of faith to, to make that move. And, you know, everything actually was going really, really well. Things were going in my favor. And I got to the point where I was stepping back or taking my, taking less time at the restaurant, teaching more, having more clients. And I was getting to the point where I was about to put my notice in at the restaurant for the summer of 2020. And then... The pandemic happened. Wow. Right. <laughs> so, it sure did. And, yeah. And now it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a restart again. So mm-hmm. I'll pause there for a second because I know I've been rambling for a minute.
0: <laughs> no, this is all, this is all fantastic. I had a few things come up and isn't it interesting that your dad held on to that comment that his secretary had made so many years ago. I know As it's he's so crazy. In the kitchen, It was almost like the message was coming through him to you. This is what you're meant to do. And this is how you're meant to kind of move through the world as this as this world traveler. And I would love for you to take us back, Katie, to that moment in your Shavasana. In that moment of complete surrender while you're in your yoga class. And it sounds like a magical thing sort of happened to you that day. And leading you to this to this belief that you wanted to get back into
1: alignment with your desire.
0: Tell us about that.
1: So that happened right around the time that I had, right after I moved to Cincinnati and I, the company that I was working for closed down. So I had been going to just a hot yoga studio and at the time it was just a physical workout for me. And I remember Mm -hmm. I had taken a cycling class that they had there. And there was an Ashtanga class right after. And I didn't know what Ashtanga was at the time because I didn't study yoga. I just thought an un- an unheated class and a great way to stretch after cycling. So I remember it said 90 minutes on the, on the schedule. And I said, Hey, you know, this is like pre and Katie, like not knowing, not knowing you just, you don't dip out in the middle of a class. <laughs> <laughs> I was like hey, I just a little, little bit of a stretch. Is it okay if I just hop in for a little bit? And if I want to leave halfway through, is that okay? And they just kind of looked at me like, I guess so, sure. And I, I ended up going into the class and I obviously stayed the entire time. And we got into Shavasana and I just, I completely lost it. I just started bawling my eyes out. It was all this this fear, all this unknown that came up. Mm-hmm. So I had just met my now husband, this is nine Nine and a half years ago now. But my husband and I had just met and we were in a new relationship and I had just moved to Cincinnati. And so we hadn't even been together for a year yet. And I had moved down here for this job. And it was all this unknown because at the time when I first graduated, I was like, I'm gonna move to Chicago. And then, you know what they say, when you have plans, God laughs. And so, you know, I've just made my way from Cleveland to Columbus to Cincinnati at this point. But I had met my husband and I was coming down to Cincinnati all the time to like hang out with him. And my friend from high school lived here. And so she's the one that got me the job. And she's like, what, what do you think about a job in Cincinnati? And I was like, yeah, like, you know, sure. Why not? I didn't move down here for the relationship because it was still very new. It was just an opportunity that had arose and obviously the relationship worked out. We're married now. (laughs) Yeah, it was just a really scary time because I was like, what am I going to do? I just moved here. Can I? Should I move to Chicago now? Will will Mike want to go with me or should I just stay here and look for another job? I just didn't know. I just didn't know what to do. And it was just all of this stuff that came up. But then also this moment of knowing that it was all going to be okay. And that was this just moment of surrender in shavasana, and it was that come to Jesus moment of what yoga really is. Everyone always wants to skip shavasana, and I'm like, no. Shavasana <laughs> need to be here is my for like,
0: favorite part. That's shavasana is everything. Can you tell us what shavasana is? Yeah, aware so listeners sh- are aware. Yeah,
1: shavasana essentially means so it means corpse pose. It's the death of the practice. So after you, mm-hmm. after you finished your entire sequence, you you lay down and you just you basically just let go you are it just your your practice is dying. Anything that you need to let go, of, it's the time to let go of it. And basically after that you're rebirthing to the rest of your the rest of your day. So mm-hmm. yeah. And it was just a really I was like, oh my God, I need to I need to learn more about this. And I had no idea that they even did teacher training. I was introduced kind of a yoga like group of people because my husband at the time was kind of big hippie playing in jam bands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's to- total opposite of that now. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I was like, I should open up the yoga studio. And he was like, maybe you should learn about yoga. And I'm like, how do you do that? And I found out his sister is a yoga teacher. And so it just went down this whole journey, basically, from there. Yeah. But yeah, it was, I think when people really can learn to let go and surrender, like that's when you really find like what yoga is about. And that's what Shavasana was for me that day. And it really did kind of like, that's what started this whole, I don't want to say downward spiral because that sounds bad, but in a good way, this just whole domino effect, that's a better way to put it, of where I'm going and where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, this kind of this new awakening.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: What is it inside of you that gives you the confidence to take risks? Because it, it very much sounds like you're someone who you dream You want to grow and expand, but also we have to take the action, which is the scariest part of it all, right? How do you get yourself in a place of taking action?
1: I think it's it's so funny because people are always, ah, you're so confident. I don't, I think it just depends on the situation, how I'm feeling. But at that point, I think I just got to the point where I was set up and I was really unhappy. And I'm just like, I need a change because I was like, I was, my husband even noticed he was like, you're just pissed off all the time. I really think you should quit your job. This is going back to like when I was in corporate, but just I, my body, I was like, my acne was horrible. I was not eating healthy. I remember there was one day at work. I just like, I passed out. Wow. I don't know what happened, but I ended up going in an ambulance to the hospital. I, I picked up the phone and I started to black out and I just felt really dizzy, but I think I had a panic attack honestly. Wow. Oh, I was always having back issues too. And that's another thing. I, I had an L4 and L5 disectomy when I was 22. And my back's always been a little bit stiff, you know, since then, that'll happen. I have some disc degeneration, but I was having severe back pain where I couldn't even, it was like my back was thrown out all the time. Mm. And it, it it is so true that your body holds on to your emotions and it manifests yeah. in other ways. And that's a huge component of Ayurveda, but I was just, just severely broken down and depressed. Not in a clinical sense, I would say. Like, I don't want to undervalue people that actually have serious depression. That's, you know, but I mean, I was going through some things and I was just like, I can't live like this. I'm, I'm not going to anymore. So that was the first time around. And now where I'm at right now, kind of fast forward what is it? Four five years later now. When was 2018? Is that five years ago? I can't do math in my head. Five years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, math was not my strong suit. <laughs> me either, girl. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> but with the pandemic now, it's been a rebuild. And mm-hmm. I was so fortunate working at this yoga studio. They needed a manager. And I said, well, I can't do full-time, but I could do part-time. And so they offered me this part-time role, which I had been doing for the last year and a half. And it was it was really great. And it was what I needed at the time to get me back into a flow because I was kind of in the yeah. spunk after the pandemic. We all went through it. And, and then I started to realize I'm not building my business now because all my energy is going here. Even though I'm only part time, I'm, I still have other things that, like going on that I'm doing. And it, it was really hard to grow. And I ended up going through a miscarriage earlier this summer and mm. that highlighted a lot of things for me. It really was like, what are you doing? Stop pussyfooting around everything and making excuses. Just, just go do it. Just if you if you want to, you did this five years ago and you were fine. You can do it again. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different now because you know yeah. I'm married. I have to think about like our, my husband and like you know, it, I can't just make decisions for me now. I have to think about how it affects my husband. And I, I'm pregnant again. It's super super early, but it, okay. Now I've got a baby on the way again. But don't pregnant let,
0: again now, Katie?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Congratulations. Thank you. It's still very, very early. Six, six or seven weeks, I think. Seven weeks, seven or eight. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's early. Wow. (laughs) Okay. That was kind of like I had this plan of, all right, I'm going to dive deeper into Ayurveda and women's health and shift up my offerings. And then when I found out I was pregnant in the spring, I was like, well, I just need to focus on not being stressed out and making the right decisions to be prepared for when our when our child arrives. Like, this just needs to take a back seat. And then the miscarriage happened. And it, again, it just highlighted a lot of things. It's just stop making excuses. Just, just go for it. If you fail, then you fail. And yeah. at least you know that you tried. Go get another job. There's plenty of jobs out there. People are, you know, hiring like crazy. <laughs> so it's not like I, I can't go get a job if I don't want one. It really woke me up in that sense of like, what are you waiting for? This is what you put your time and energy into. Just just go do it. So Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm I've quit that job and I'm I'm all in on my on my business. It's this is what I'm doing. And those moments happen to everybody.
0: Every single person listening to this podcast, listening to this episode, we have those moments where we're getting pulled, right? We Mm -hmm. have those moments of something isn't right, something doesn't feel right. But then what sets you apart is if you're willing to take action on listening to that and starting to create create evidence around when you do take risks, it is going to work in your favor. And now, as you just said, years ago, I did it. I can do it again. This is a different situation, but now I can take the learnings and pull that forward and know that I'm supported. Take us back to the finding balance and health and wellness and harmony in the life and how that led you into Ayurveda. And I first want to start out with asking you, what does Ayurveda even mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Ayurveda just means the the science or the knowledge of life. Mm. It is the sister science of yoga. The Vedas go back five to 10,000 years. So it, it, it predates yoga to an extent, but they are typically practiced together. So I was introduced to Ayurveda actually in a yoga for recovery workshop when I was in my teacher training, because initially I thought, I'd like to get into yoga to help people that have substance abuse issues or um, PTSD. And so I i had I had a couple of family members that were in Iraq and Afghanistan, and I just really saw how there was a lot of trauma after that. And then I have some other family members that had had some substance abuse issues that I thought, okay, yoga can help you with that too. And so I took this workshop and they talked a lot about Ayurveda because Ayurveda, when you can understand what makes you uniquely you, It helps you understand what makes you tick, why you are the way that you are, what brings you in balance and what brings you out of balance. And so a lot of, I haven't really dove as deep into recovery and trauma like I thought I would because life just kind of took me in a different direction. But a lot of trauma-based yoga practices and recovery will weave in Ayurveda to it because of learning about your constitution. So in Ayurveda, we use all the five great elements, which are the Pancha manabutas. I probably said that wrong because my honestly, my my Sanskrit is horrible. That is the one thing as a yoga teacher. I am just really not the best at. So I think many of us uh, struggle with the
0: Sanskrit. So (laughs) So you're in somebody here. If (laughs) someone's listening to this
1: and they're just, oh my God, Katie, you butchered this. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So you have air, space, fire. Water and Earth and all of these mm-hmm. together create the doshas. So, if you're familiar with Chinese medicine, Chinese medicine works with the elements individually, but in Ayurveda we combine them to create the dosha. So, we have our Vata dosha, which is air and space; Pitta, which is fire and water; and Kapha, which is earth and water. And so, all of us have the doshas. We have all three doshas in our body because we need all the elements in order to survive. But typically, we have one or two that are primary to our constitution. Which makes us uniquely us. And when we understand the qualities of the doshas and what makes those increase or decrease, that's what's going to shift our balances and our imbalances. So like for me, I am, I always thought I was like a vata pitta because vata has vata struggle with a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of air and movement and space, lots of room for you to just kind of let your mind wander there. But what I, what I quickly realized after I went into my master's program is I am not a vata. I do have qualities of a vata being being tall, but that was my imbalance. I'm actually a kapha pitta, so very grounded, very stable, but my personality can be very heated and sharp when out of balance, especially with my my pitta tendencies. But yeah, it was just, it really helped me understand why I am the way that I am. I like to kind of like snuggle in bed in the morning. That's a very kapha-like tendency. I also like things a certain way, which can also be very pizza and kafa, depending on how you're, how you're looking at it. I like routine to an extent because sometimes my kafa just kind of gets in the way, but Pitta's love organization and like routine. So like I always have like, I have, like five different notebooks that I'm like, always like writing notes down in or like, you know, two different calendars that I have going on. So.
0: Where can folks find out what their dosha is? Is there some sort of quiz that they take? Is there a book they can buy? Or where would you recommend if someone's interested in learning more about their dosha
1: or just Ayurveda in general, where would they start? Yeah. So there's tons of free resources online. And typically, mm. if you like order any like Ayurveda for beginner books, there's going to, there's going to be a dosha quiz in mm-hmm. there. The one thing I would recommend, and you can Google dosha assessments online, even like Banyan Botanicals, which is where I use all my Ayurvedic herbs and Maharishi Products International. They, they have dosha quizzes on their website too. But the one thing I would caution people on is a lot of times people will take these dosha assessments and they will, if they're, out of balance, they might think, oh, this is my constitution, not ah, realizing it's their imbalance. Okay. That's what it was for me for the longest time. I was taking these quizzes and I'm like, oh, I'm a vata pitta. No, vata was my imbalance. I'm a kapha pizza, and I had a severe vata imbalance. It makes sense because for anyone, anytime you have an imbalance, vata is always going to be the seat of imbalance that's going to create imbalance within the other doshas as well. So that's why I always recommend working with someone. So if you do take a like quiz online, that's great. Most likely, yeah, you'll be able to figure out what your primary dosha is. Because a lot of times, like increases like. So our imbalances typically do correlate with our prakriti, which is our constitution. But I think it's always nice to talk to an Ayurvedic health coach, practitioner, or doctor to understand what your actual constitution is and understand the difference between that and your imbalances. Because you might end up saying, oh, this is showing vata or like katha. And that might be completely wrong for your for your constitution. It might, that might actually be your imbalance that you're having right now.
0: And I think with any assessment that we take online or that's available to us, there's always a deeper insight. And so seeking out that expert of that assessment of that quiz of whatever topic it is you're trying to understand and really getting with that expert to take a deeper dive, because we might be able to get to your point, those highlights, the, those top level sort of the output of it, right? But to be able to really understand And integrate the change that we want to see into our lives, get with the expert, which leads me to Tula Veda and your business. Tell us about the services you offer, Katie, and how people can find you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am doing a little bit of a, I don't want to say a rebrand. That's not right, but I'm shifting my offerings because like I said, (laughs) I finally took that leap of faith in myself again. And recently, you know, I'm just gone all into my business. So I am shifting my offerings around. So I was previously offering Tioga massage and I'm actually stepping away from that okay. because I believe where your focus goes, the energy flows. Yes. And I love Thai yoga, and I love the benefits that it has. And, you know, but I, I, I know so many other people that practice this and I can, I would rather kind of refer people out that way. So my focus really now is Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic health coaching. Okay. It's interesting because I, I am technically an Ayurvedic practitioner. And if Ohio was a health freedom state, <laughs> which it's not, I could clinically diagnose people in the state of Ohio, but I just don't want to have that responsibility. So I do operate more as an Ayurvedic coach and support rather than a full-on. I compare it to like nurse practitioner, sure. what a nurse practitioner or a doctor would do from an Ayurvedic perspective. So... Yeah, currently right now, if you, if you would like to work with me, you can go to my website, www.tula-beta.com. And how I work is basically coaching packages. So uh, your, your first assessment is two sessions with me. I, I send you paperwork to fill out. And then we have an hour interview, whether it can be online, it can be in person. If it is in person, I also do a pulse assessment. The pulse assessment is really nice because it helps me kind of read the physiology of the body. Mm-hmm. I would say like Ayurveda's way of, I don't want to say, it's not muscle testing, but if you've ever had muscle testing before, they can kind of point to some certain imbalances that you have. So what's really interesting as a client that I had previously had, I was like, hey, do you have like anemia? Because it was coming up in her pulse and she goes, I don't, I'm not dealing with it now, but I've had it in the past. So it can show tendencies in your body, and your mind. Even if they're not happening right now, Interesting. things that you might be prone to or you've dealt with in the past. So, yeah, it's really helpful for the practitioner to kind of understand on a deeper level what's going on. So, if we're working in person, I always do a pulse assessment and then we have our interview. We talk a little bit about what it is that your goals are. And in Ayurveda, I specifically focus on the three pillars of health, which are sleep, digestion, and vital life force energy. So, usually, if someone has an imbalance, one or all of those are out of balance as well. And then after I collect all that information, we go over what your main goals are, whether it's just to get better sleep, whether it's to lose weight, whether it's to work on high cholesterol. I'll put together a plan and a protocol that is specific to your constitution and your imbalances. And then we have another follow-up, which is 90 minutes to review your plan. And then after that, I also coaching services. So I offer packages for four sessions, or then I also have kind of an unlimited package or if you want all access to me, but I am kind of in that space of updating things because I am also shifting my focus more into women's health. Mm-hmm. So while I am totally open to working with anyone and everyone, because I think everybody needs Ayurveda, I am like really looking to work with women who want to take control of their, their fertility. And that might mean you're 20 years old and you don't want to be on the birth control. You want to understand how to balance your cycle why is your period irregular how can we make your cycle become more comfortable more more regular not so sporadic or like have like a like a 38-day cycle like i had a friend whose cycle was like 38 days and like that's insane so just like helping you like get in tune with your body so when you do get to the time a couple years down the road where you do want to conceive your your body is prepared for that or women that are working are, are having fertility issues endometriosis or pcos how i can help you know, show them tools that, that I have to say may alleviate. Can't claim anything in the state of Ohio. So, but if you're listening, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and then also prenatal support, postnatal support. So in Ayurveda, We really talk about that sacred 42 days like post-birth, like that six-week time where mom and baby should really just be resting together, staying inside, really not being out and social. Mm. You know, we're so often told, sure, have a glass of wine, eat a cheeseburger, you just delivered a baby, have whatever you want. And like mom's first meal after delivering a baby should be something like very soft, warm, and grounding, like kitchery or even just some rice with ghee and a little bit of spices in there. But just like very light foods, but are that are also nourishing and grounding. Offering things like abhyanga, which is that self massage to help just ground down through the body, belly binding to help close the space for close the space because we just had a baby inside of us for for nine nine months. And then you you deliver this baby and you just have this void. So belly binding to, to close that space, things like that, just really help nourish and rejuvenate the body. So those are some services I will be starting to offer and they'll be showing up on my website shortly. I just again have not I I'm I've just made this transition into going into my business full time over the last 2 weeks so I'm still making some updates but yeah that's kind of that's kind of what I do <laughs> I
0: love how these life experiences allow us to evolve in so many ways that then flow into not only our lives but then into our businesses as well because Absolutely. we've had this conversation on a previous podcast as an entrepreneur We are our businesses and especially when you're in this line of work, we do it because we love it Mm -hmm. and it's who we are and it's how we live our lives. And so when we go through any sort of up level or any other fresh awakening and how we're continuing to expand in our growth and development that feeds into our business as well and leads us on a new path of wellness. And I think it's beautiful how you're being so open and honest with yourself and with your clients about who it is you desire to serve, because it would be very easy for you, Katie, to say, okay, I've got my brainings out there, I've created all these packages, I have all this going on. And yeah, I can stay on this trajectory. But now you're pivoting and saying, no, this is who I know I want to serve. Yes, I can still be in this space, but this is who specifically I want to serve and where my desire is at this phase and at this iteration of myself and of my business, because there will continue to be additional iterations to come.
1: I appreciate that because like, honestly, like one of the things that really like sparked my interest in shifting in this direction was because I felt like there was such a lack of information out there. Yes. In my master's program, we talked about women's health. I, again, I don't wanna compare myself to someone going through medical school because that is a huge undertaking, but in, in our program, we learned about all sorts of diseases and imbalances, um, certain areas of health was one of the topics that we, we covered, but it wasn't something that I thought a whole lot about. And then mm-hmm. I started to d- dive into womb work for myself and I'm like, oh my God. And from there, it was just continuing education to learn more about supporting women's health overall and then weaving the Ayurveda into it. And it's just like, oh my God, like this is so needed. And it's just not, I think it's becoming a little bit more popular now. Women are starting to like wake up and realize we need support. And that's really wonderful. And so I'm, I'm just excited to, to be able to have had the experience that brought me where I am today. And yeah, like I said, I'm always open to working with anyone. If you have, if you have high cholesterol and you are a 68 year old male, and you want an Ayurveda consultation, you give me a call. We will set something up. But, <laughs> but yeah, just working more with, you know, with, with women so we can really kind of get back to that sacred feminine and like really empower ourselves through our through our cycles. And with what I do, like Ayurveda, like we weave in yoga, so meditation, breath work, the physical practice. It can also weave in some sound. I, I have Tibetan singing bowls that I weave in. And then also now I've been utilizing. Healy, which is a microcurrent device into my practice, which I absolutely love. So these are all things that I, I offer with the Ayurvedic packages that I do. It's not just like you and I are sitting down talking for like an hour every time, but there are like wellness modalities that I incorporate into our sessions too.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. You even talking through assisting women in their bodies and their hormonal imbalances and just their health and wellness and well-being in general. I wish I had someone like you in mind through my pregnancies, right? When you talk through all this, because it was, I'll be honest, my pregnancies were very transactional. I'm like, I'm pregnant. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the damn thing. I'm going to have the baby. And not to mention, I had two C-sections. Even with my first, I didn't even hold my first until hours after I had her. Hours, Katie. And then with my second, it was different. I held her right away, which was like, oh, what is this? But I had another C-section. Again, it was scheduled. I go in, which nothing wrong with that. But I wish I would have had more knowledge and more understanding of how I could nurture myself through the, gosh, I'm trying to find the right word, the divine experience it was, right? Because it is so divine having you know, giving birth and nurturing yourself through the pregnancy. And I think what you're doing is amazing. And I think, I think more women need to hear about it and learn about it and witness it and experience it for themselves. So.
1: It's so funny because if you had met me a couple of years ago, I was always like, even like two years ago, really, honestly, because my my friend, she's a she's a radical birth keeper. So she practices authentic midwifery, no medical intervention at all. It's just she's just there to support mom and be that shoulder for her to like lean on when she needs you. But she was like you know, what the medical system tells you, it's so, it's just, it's taken away the sacredness of birth and it, you know, birth, however you want your pregnancy to be, it should be like, if you want to schedule a C-section, you go ahead and schedule that C-section. If that's going to make you feel really good, then that's what you should do. But if you want, if you want to have a home birth, you shouldn't be chastised for that either though, because people hear like home birth and they think it's irresponsible. Women have been birthing babies since the beginning of time. Like we know our body knows what it's doing. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of, I think a lot of misinformation that the medical, I think the medical system does play. Like, I mean, there are emergencies. Like my mom had proclampsia when she was pregnant with me. She needed to be in a hospital. Like there is a time and a place to have like this medical like supervision, but I think it's just gotten so like, sure, sure. they've really turned it into a business rather than a sacred mm-hmm. time. And especially the postpartum. And that's why I'm so, that's why I'm <laughs> It'll so. That'll like, be another
0: podcast, everybody, oh my God. the postpartum. <laughs> yeah. And, and
1: that's just why I'm so passionate about doing more. Like, I thought about doing dual work, but I, just to be honest, like, I love my schedule. And that's what I love about Ayurveda is my yeah. routine. I I, I don't want to be at someone's deck of call at three o'clock in the morning. Sure. There are plenty of other women that love and support to and do that. <laughs> that's sure. not me. Yeah. So that's why I really like, love the postpartum aspect. Because we just, we kind of neglect that. We just think, okay, time to bounce back and go do yes. everything else. And it's like, no, like this is really a time that you should really honor and nourish yourself mm-hmm. and just be supported. And I'm I'm so excited to help be a part of that movement now for women who are looking to have that. Like that's what I'm super amped up about.
0: Especially for those women who are in the, the midst of maybe, you know, a very hustle-like mentality mm-hmm. during their pregnancy, because I certainly was. You know, especially with my youngest, I was in this hustle mentality. I remember being nine months pregnant on my way home from work, about to start my, my maternity leave. And I was just like, I just want to stop. I just I just want to rest. Morning. And it was it was just a really trying time. And to have someone there supporting me through that postpartum even would have been such a gift, such a gift. So I love I love the impact you're making here.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely like, I mean, when I hear, okay, you have to go back to work after six weeks, it just makes me want to like punch someone in the throat. (laughs) It's so
0: hard. It's so hard. How do you, as we're on topic today of jumping off cliffs and taking risks, and how do you begin to explore what inspires you, Katie? How would you tell someone steps in which or tips in which to get closer to their authentic self? And to explore what
1: inspires them. For me, like prayer and meditation are very Mm. important to me. And like journaling, Mm. like what I always do, like my morning routine is like, I always pray first because I pray for guidance. Mm. And when I meditate, that's when I get my downloads and I'll do some journaling afterwards. So that, I guess, is, is one aspect. But then also just be curious. Go try new things because honestly, sometimes we have so much programming that we need to undo, like all of us. And we think we know who we are. and something something that you think might not interest you, but it does. And you're like, "No, why does that interest me? That's weird. I've never heard of that before. Just go look into it. Like maybe it's anime. Maybe you're like, I don't know. That's so random. I know I'm just thinking of like Pokemon cards when hey, I was no a no shame kid. here. Right? Yeah. No
0: judgment. <laughs> <But> <laughs> right. Maybe
1: like that's your thing, but you don't even know. You're just kind of like, that's weird. But then you go to like a Comic-Con festival and you're like, this is awesome. Just go explore. Don't be afraid to try new things and find what sparks joy for you. What inspires a creative flow within? Because that is a huge mm. component of Ayurveda. If you're like, that's one of the three pillars. If you're not creating life, What in life are you creating? so if you're constantly on this hamster wheel of just you're being told what to do, but you're not having any joy, like go out and find out what that is. You know, it's just tap into that inner child. Just be curious, explore. That I guess is my biggest thing for finding what really ignites you. How do you personally live a life of truth and intention? Being intentional, I guess, about what I'm doing. Why am I doing this? If I'm putting something into my body, why am I putting into my body? If I'm going into an environment, why am I going into this environment? How Mm -hmm. does it serve my highest good? And how does it help benefit the people around me? Is it in alignment with my goals and my values? And sometimes it's not. Sometimes I just do things because I'm a human, you know, but those are questions that I ask myself when I'm trying to be intentional and in truth with what I'm doing.
0: There's so much power in what you just said because living in truth to your values we sound we, we spend so much time and in indecision around should I do this should I do that did I do the right thing should I trust myself here bah, bah, bah. and it's if we just get clear on our values and then we can simply ask ourselves is this an alignment to my values yes or no mm-hmm. boom decide
1: and then it's it's interesting because if it's not, and then you go do it, it's that you're like, okay, this is why I didn't, this is why I was reluctant to do it in the first place. And our lesson learned for next time.
0: What does it mean to you to live a consciously inspired life? Just to be
1: aware, again, of what aligns me with what my goals are. So whether that's like friendships, my routine, my activities, my environment, but like those, I guess, are the four pillars for me of what helps keep me aligned in my, in my goals? What is my environment like? Are people around me supportive? Is it is it uplifting? Is it clean? Is it pure? Do I have clutter everywhere, which right now in my house, yes, I do. I'm working through that. <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> we're human. <laughs> like your environment really has a lot to do with, you know, to be, to, to inspire you. Like if you're sitting in a house full of crap, you're just going to be like in this kind of lower vibration. I don't want to do anything. So really having like a clean environment, having a routine. Routine kind of helps kind of spark me to get excited about what I'm doing. So what are my goals do I have that my routine's going to help me achieve? My friendships, you know, being around people that are going to inspire and uplift you. We all have friends that, you know, maybe they're old friends from high school or college or childhood that might be like on completely different pages that we are right now. And that's totally fine. Like those friendships are still valued, but like, really surrounding yourself with like people who are in alignment with like your goals and like are excited to do the things that you're doing. Because if you're with someone who's just like, always like, mm-hmm. holy God, life sucks. Like you're never going to be able to do this. Like that's the mentality that you're going to be at. So be around people that mm-hmm. consciously inspire you. And then my actions, like what am I doing to make sure that I'm aligning myself with what's inspiring me? Am I doing the work? And if 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 I'm not achieving what I need to, if I'm not, if I'm not hitting those markers to achieve what I need to achieve, where's that lack of action coming from?
0: These are so good, Katie. I'm gonna read them back to you just so you can hear them again. So it's your environment, it's your routine, your friendships, and your actions. Those are so powerful. And I I could not feel any more. In alignment to all of those myself. And it's like the importance of cultivating a space because my space is so important to me. And my walking, my home office is so it's it's a sacred space for me. Am I walking into this space? This is where I meditate. It's where I do my work. It's where I connect to source. It's where I connect to self, you know? And then when you say routine, yes, it's it's how are we setting ourselves up for success and, and, and building and creating more life, as you say, right? And then those friendships, cultivating that environment, that space that is life giving. And then your actions, of course, taking that aligned action, because if we're not taking action, what does it all mean? Right? So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun and such a pleasure. And I cannot wait to pick your brain some more on Ayurveda because it's around the corner for me. I can feel it. I can feel it.
1: (laughs) And thank you so much for having me on and for just not only having me on, but having this podcast. I think it's just such an amazing way to create that community. And to have other people share their stories and share their voices. And it's so, it's so needed. So I just, I love what you're doing. And I'm, I'm very grateful that you've allowed me to come on and be a part of it today.
0: Thank you. That means so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, Katie, have a beautiful day. And Thank you. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. all for today. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to learn more about Consciously Inspired Minds, you can visit us at consciouslyinspiredminds.com. Until we connect again, explore what inspires you.